Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nick Davis! Nick Davis! I don't believe it! I see it, but I don't believe it! Hello, welcome to a new episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. Today, I've been I've been thinking all day about how to approach the opening of this episode because I'm here with my nemesis, <laughs> Sean Carney. <laughs> Hello, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm well. <laughs> I um I have definitely been messaging uh, Dusha and Tom about how how to approach you tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because we're in a feud. Um, <laughs> but it's all good, right? Yeah, it's my favourite feud. <laughs> um, hey, Sean, can you, yeah. for the people who don't know who you are, uh, yeah. tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I'm part of the Sandspans Radio Network um, and I met Gemma through football. Um, I'm a co-host of a show called Howgood's Footy where we... Um, Myself and two other idiots, <laughs> in a very biased fashion, just talk mainly about our teams and then uh, wage war against the Collingwood Football Club and just ask the question, how good is footy? Um, and I do a couple of other movie-related podcasts, one called Scaredy Boys, where I'm I'm a horror coward when it comes to horror films, and so are two of my other friends, so we watch scary movies and get really scared. And um, and then just another one, just a general uh, a general movie one called Eye Cramps. But yeah, footy is the first love. And um, and part of that is the Brisbane Lions. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is excellent because um, we've been talking about wanting to talk about this moment. Uh, we're talking about it a little bit differently than I had hoped, and that's on me. But we, we've been talking about this moment, and this moment is a catchphrase for you so much that it is in your Twitter handle. <laughs> Yeah. Can you tell everyone the moment we're talking about today? <laughs> yeah, so there is um, an iconic moment. My favourite football moment um, happened in the 2002 Grand Final on the 28th of September, 2002. <laughs> a beautiful day. Actually, no, it was a shithouse day. The weather was shocking. Um, <laughs> I remember the Brisbane Lions players waking up and looking out the window and being like, oh, God damn it. Because uh, being from Queensland, they love the sunny weather. Um there's a moment in the third quarter when Brisbane's inspirational skipper, Michael Voss, um, takes it upon himself to change the course of the game and <laughs> kick a massive goal from 55. And it it's just, it's my favourite goal. It's not the best goal you will ever see, although it's a great goal. But just in the context of the game, um, it, yeah, everything that had happened that day, it, it puts us in front with like less than a minute to go in the third quarter. And... Um, I mean, Stephen Quartermain, this is when Channel 10 had the, the TV rights. Or maybe they were still splitting it. I can't remember what it was back in the day. I think maybe Channel 10 got the final series or whatever. Stephen Quartermain calls it, and it's, for my money, the best P 
piece of commentary I've ever heard, and um, I love it so much. The name Actually, of the yeah, show. Actually, yeah, that's a bold. That's a bold statement on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it is clo- It it is very close to the name of this show. Mm. Uh, but what what is the moment? What is what does he say specifically? Uh, so it's sort of um, uh, there's a the, the ruck tap. It goes forward. The ball lands in Ackermanis's hands, and then this is Stephen Quartermain. He goes, Ackermanis got it to Voss. Here we go, Voss from fifty-five. <laughs> Goal! And then there's a pause, 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 pause. Lions in front. Ackermanis won the footy. Got it to Voss. Here we go, Voss from fifty-five. Goal! And it's the best moment ever. And like, I I'm so annoyed at myself because I've kept some memorabilia from back in the day, just like some some things, photos that were in the Herald Sun and stuff like that. I've got a great one of Alistair Lynch. I've lost the one I had of Michael Voss because after he kicks it, he turns around and jumps higher in the air than anyone I've ever seen and just does like this huge fist pump. And it's such a good moment. I've actually recently tracked down the photographer who took the photo on grand final day. And I think I'm just oh, wow. going to buy, I'm going to buy the print, I think, because it's so good. You definitely so need good. that for your house. So... I, I just want some context for your people to understand your nostalgia of this moment. How yep. old were you when this happened? Ah, uh, shit. I think I would have been 13. Yeah. So it's like a formative footy moment for you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I remember being in primary school and not being, like, super, super into footy. But then, like, some of my friends were, and we were playing it at lunchtime, and I started to get into it a bit. And then when, when Brisbane, when Fitzroy merged with Brisbane in 97, um, that's when I started to get into it. And then I had a down a year the next year because they won the wooden spoon. And Michael <laughs> Voss um, actually had a serious injury, which yep. ruined his year. Um, but then, yeah, got very much into it. And then I think I was in grade six when they won the first grand final against Essendon in 01. And then, yep. yeah, I would have been in year seven. Um for the second one, yeah. I do remember watching it. We were in the lounge room at home. And I remember that after the Essendon one, Dad had sort of turned to us and gone, you better enjoy this, boys, because like, you may not see this ever again. And we were kind of like, yeah, whatever, Dad. And then we did it the next year. And then the next year, we're like, Dad's an idiot. <laughs> and then it's been like 15 years of absolute <laughs> despair. <laughs> but um, well, we were very lucky. Yeah. I, I've said this on How Good's Footy before, um, and I think the boys might have given me shit for it, but I... If Brisbane were to win a grand final now, it would mean more to me than the three they won when I was a teenager. Just because, I don't know, I was a young idiot and I didn't really appreciate it. Whereas now I've poured like more of my heart into football. Yeah, um, no, that's totally Yeah, it would mean sense. so much. Yeah, yeah, and like for me, I think, obviously being a Sydney fan, as everyone knows, um, I saw 05 and then I saw 2012. 2012 was more significant to me uh, because I was older and could understand what that is more, I guess. Yeah. Yep. And Adam Good's, uh, you know, heroics was also huge, really huge great. game. But yeah, no, and it, I often th- remember that moment with Dad, where he was just sort of like, "Make sure you appreciate it." And then, like, I do remember not taking him seriously. And then it, <laughs> it does haunt you for the next fifteen years. I say haunt, like I'm so lucky because I know, like. A lot of people who, um, before my granddad died, like he was a Melbourne supporter, so oh, he God. hadn't seen one since the fifties, and he always talked about how great it would be. And so, yeah, I mean, they're oh, they're hard to win. Um, yeah. But the con- do you want the context for the actual the moment within the game is huge because Brisbane are the overwhelming favourites in that game. 
Yeah, so this is um, the thing. Like, we all remember this three-peat as Brisbane were the absolute dominant team. They won these grand finals convincingly. That grand final, they only won by nine points. Yeah, I think at the time, it was the closest grand final for, I can't remember how many years, but it, it was in a period before we had like the Sydney West Coast rivalry and that sort of thing where grand finals became really exciting again, where it was like every year you'd turn it on, a team would just like run away and win by 10 goals. Even yeah. in the, the year before when we beat Essendon, we beat them by 26 points, but there was like a moment, I think we were up by like 40 points in the last quarter and, and that sort of thing. And then the following year, we were the underdogs against Collingwood and we yeah. ended up smashing them. Like in the last quarter, we were up by 80 points before we just took the foot off. So like you don't always get these close grand finals. So that one was crazy. But the Voss moment is so special because I think we all love a captain's goal. Um, I don't think it's possible to overrate a huge captain's goal. And we had like such a good example in this quarter within the space yeah. of five minutes of both captains on both teams kicking goals from 55 metres. Nathan Buckley kicked one on the boundary from 55 and it was mm. huge. And then uh, Collingwood went forward. Chris Tarrant misses a goal. I think they're up by seven points. We get it down our end. Jonathan Brown kicks one, and then straight out of the center again, and Vossi kicks that one, and it was just this, it was just huge. It was like yeah. your belief is kind of shaken a bit when Buckley got his one, and then <laughs> Voss got it. Then we were like, I think we can do this. We can do this. It was such a crazy game. But the way we're going to do this, instead of go through this game specifically, we're actually just going to talk about your hero, Michael Voss, and his career because his career is actually quite fascinating in the way it developed and the things that he had to deal with. Um, it's more than just he's a triple premiership captain, he's this, he's that. Um, he actually had to work his way into some of that form through injury and things like that. So let's go back to before the 1992 season. So you were what, three years old? Yep. Yep. Um, he was a zone selection for the Brisbane Bears. So uh, looking up how he was drafted and stuff like that, it's actually quite difficult to find because he wasn't actually drafted. He was a zone selection when the Brisbane Bears were really struggling to find talent to stay there. And we obviously saw a more recent iteration of that a few years ago um, up in Brisbane. But yeah, he was a zone selection and he ended up debuting in round 18 of 1992, 18th of July, um, against Fitzroy at Princess Park. And he became <laughs> the youngest to play a senior game for the Bears. He was 17 years old in, nine, in 11 days. I love that his first game's against the Lions. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's really fitting. And yeah, like that was that is something I've known about him that he was I think um well he would still have that record for being the youngest player for the club. Yeah. Cuz you know, no one plays at 17 years old anymore. It's just not a thing that happens. But he and had Bruce- kind of like a man's body nearly like um I remember reading about a game he played. I think he'd played in like the men's seniors since he was 15 years old. It was yeah. like a game where he kicked 14 goals or something. <laughs> that was that was the week before his debut in the seniors. It's, you see, he's, yeah, he's a freak. He's just an absolute <laughs> freak. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't actually remember a time when he didn't have like a big, robust build. But he, he couldn't have been that big when he started. No, they all the records of it say that he was quite slight, but had to work really hard at building his body up. Blah blah blah. But you know, the way he was playing, it's like Will Gould coming in. It's like, yeah, he's slight at AFL level. But, you know, he's still pretty fucking big. Yeah, yeah. It's just how he's built. But yeah. he ended up playing six games in 1992, and he was wearing what number? Do you know? Oh, shit. Um, 53, I think. 
56. Very close. 56. So for his first six games, he wore the number 56 and played six games as a 17-year-old. He changed to number three for the 1993 season and ended up playing 16 games in what was a really struggling Brisbane side. Um, He did kick four goals in round one, though. So he, he showed that he could do the forward stuff at the top level really well. Yeah, he's always he was always an awesome overhead mark, mm. um, which often surprised people because obviously we remember him as like a center as a midfielder, but uh, it was always a shame because I always thought the plan was going to be for him to be like a, a forward in the later years of his career. But Brisbane just kept getting injuries in the midfield, and he had to keep playing minutes, and it just destroyed his destroyed his knee basically. Yeah, he's running on empty at the end. Yeah, well, that's something that they actually do mention is that they did try to start playing him forward and they just couldn't Mm. deal with him sitting forward. Yeah. It was simple as that. Um, So we moved to 1994. He played just 12 games that year. They won five of them that he played and he kicked 10 goals. So again, he was just kind of edging his way into the team. He wasn't an automatic selection every week. He was playing much more many more midfield uh, forward minutes than he was midfield. And this was the thing, like my recollections, again, I was like 11 when 10, when you guys started to get really good. Uh, So my recollection of him was always that he was a midfielder and that was it. And I didn't think about his forward craft. So then going back through and watching highlights for this, preparing for this, I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I, my, my knowledge of Vossi probably kicks in around the 1999 season, which is when I started to like really get into it because everyone yeah. at school was getting into it and Brisbane was starting to be good again and that sort of thing. So yeah, I haven't, like I've seen highlights of him when he was younger, but yeah, in my mind, he is very much a midfielder. So him as a forward is really, it's fascinating. It's kind of like, imagine if he played as a forward his whole career. Yeah. And like, oh, it's just baffling as well because it's like the whole Nat 5 thing now where everyone's talking about, well, how much do you play him in the middle? How much do you play him forward? What best benefits the team type thing? Hmm. I highly doubt they were having those conversations in the media back then. But like, that was very much a problem that the Lions had. And then yeah. you fucking look at their list. You're like, fuck you, Brisbane. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so like aggressive tonight. It's because I'm talking to you and our feud is on. Um, we move into 1995. He played 21 games this season, which was the most of his career so far. And he kicked 30 goals that year as well. Um, the Bears qualified for finals, but lost in the qualifying final against Carlton, who would then go on to win the flag. So it was a, it was a huge step up. Yeah. But not only that, he won his first BNF that year. Yeah, hate Carlton. <laughs> Bloody hate them. You forget how much you hate them because they've been so bad for so long. But like the minute, even even this season, when they start to look a little bit promising, I'm already sick of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know when you feel sorry for a bad team and you go, oh, I want them to do well. Like last year, everyone was into Brisbane because they'd come from nowhere. Whereas this year, the, the gloss is well and truly worn off, I think. People are sick of Brisbane. Well, I'm already sick of Carlton. I just I despise them, and I know my dad hates them. My dad will always remember this Fitzroy game they went to, where Fitzroy were bad, <laughs> and yes. Carlton were up by over a hundred points, and all the Carlton fans were just chanting "percentage, percentage." And my dad was so filthy. He's <laughs> hate, he's he's never forgiven Carlton, and that was like in the early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Let's move on to 1996, actually, because that was a an almost great year for the Swans. Um, they did rise quite a lot, and, and this was kind of the year that Voss really stamped his... Yeah mark on the competition on like the footy world generally he played 24 games including winning the qualifying and semi-finals but he didn't play in the prelim against north and i understand it was an injury but i couldn't find what that injury was um north obviously beat them north would end up going to win the grand final Mm. um another dog team against the greatest team of all um i remember that grand final so I remember the I. Pre, I remember the pre grand final. Didn't they have like those enormous players made out of like balloons? Yeah, I think I remember that too. And then they like came apart, and there was something inside them. I just have a distinct memory of that. Yeah. The the game, not so much. Six year old Gemma was very sad. Mm. Um, Voss though, he won another club BNF, so that's two back to back. He got his first All Australian selection, and then he was the Brownlow medalist. Joint Brownlow medalist, but yes. With that other, that dog, that dog of a man, Jimmy Hurd. James Hurd. And um, it should be pointed out, Corey McKernan also (laughs) also won, but was ineligible for a suspension, which I can't remember what his suspension was, but uh, cop that, Corey. I know, punch someone. Yeah. You know. Um, Yeah, so this was kind of the year where people started to take notice of Voss. And obviously, within the club, he was highly respected because at the end of that season, um, Roger Merritt retired, who was the long-standing captain of the club. So they actually appointed Michael Voss and Alastair Lynch as joint captains at the end of this season. So it it was a pretty quick rise. Like, he debuted in 1992 and he was captain by the start of 1997. So that's pretty remarkable. Very young captain. I think... um I think at the time he was one of the youngest captains in the league, and he—I yeah. mean, he had it. I think he had that captaincy for about nine years. Yeah, till two thousand and six when he retired. Yeah. So yeah. Fair um, effort. Lynch, Lynchy uh, stepped down from the captaincy at the end of two thousand, um, which I remember yeah. because then when they won the premiership, and the captain and the coach hold the cup up, I remember Lynchy coming up. Although Lynchy might have come up the following year. Now I'm getting my grand finals confused. Because there have been too many of them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what a privileged boy. <laughs> um, no, but I do distinctly remember in one of them, Michael Voss sort of called him up and Lynch came and held the cup up, which was nice. Yeah. Lynch is someone we want to talk about as well. So Yeah, definitely. We'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, 1996 was a huge year for him. 1997, he's now co-captain with Alistair Lynch. 
He didn't play after round 17. Do you know what injury caused him to miss after round 17 in 1997? Uh, no, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Was it some I sort of find, some sort of knee complication or? Yeah, he's always sure. had knee issues, hasn't he? Yeah, he always had big trouble. But I think it was what happened. We'll get the to what happened to him. But bad. yeah, that that really affected him for the rest of his career. But 97 yeah. was an interesting year too because obviously it was the first year of the, the Brisbane Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was not a huge influx of players. I think they brought eight players over from Fitzroy. Um, the most notable among them would have been Chrissy Johnson who stuck around basically until the end of his career and is a, is a legend of the club. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would have been that would have been a, a different sort of shift. I think they, yeah. Where did you say they finished? They finished seventh or eighth that year, I think. Yeah. So they they scraped into finals. I think they finished eighth, but they were soundly beaten in the qualifying yeah. final by the Saints. So it was a lot of like, it was quite a tumultuous time, especially change of captaincy, uh, change to the Brisbane Lions with the merger. Like a whole bunch of stuff happened, and. The fact that they even made finals realistically was pretty remarkable given everything that was going on off field. Yeah. Um, but then we really saw the result of that in the 1998 season. Yeah. Um, Voss played up until round 11. They had only won two games to that point. And then what happens? Uh, d- well, his leg basically became two. He destroyed <laughs> his... Um, yeah, he broke his leg. Is a uh, like a shocking one, like a really, really bad one, like worse than an ACL type sort of injury. Oh, way worse! It was yeah. like Nathan Brown levels of yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, against the Frio Dockers, and yeah. that was in round eleven. He didn't play again. It was like a huge battle just to get back for the next season. Really. Yeah, it was the kind of injury where it's it's pretty remarkable that not only he came back to play, but he went up another level and became. For my money, anyway, the best player in the AFL for probably a period of you know four years or so, which yeah. is just uh, unbelievable. Because the injury, uh, it was a shocker, and it it stayed with him forever. Like to the point where, particularly in those premiership years and the couple of years after that that he played, he wasn't training anymore. Mm. Like he just his his training was um, his match fitness was on the day basically, yeah. and then he would sort of just go around the training track and just be kicking balls. He wouldn't be doing any of the hard training because his knee just couldn't handle it. He, he was basically bone on bone in his knee for most of the back half of his career, which if you think about what that would feel like to even just walk around in general as a normal person, let alone as a as an athlete, it's freakish. There's a reason why a lot of Brisbane players were getting the, the pain-killing injections. <laughs> like, it was <laughs> absurd how many... <laughs> I do know what it feels like to be walking around with bone on bone, so mm. so gross. Yeah. Um, so for that year, no Voss for most of the season, all the off-field drama going on, everything was just bad. Only ended up winning the five games for the season, finished on the bottom of the ladder, which, looking at it now, five wins usually doesn't land you at the bottom of the ladder. Usually there's someone <laughs> much worse than that, so <laughs> not so bad, I guess. Mm. Um, so then we get to 1999, and this is where your memory really perks up. Um, yeah. Although I do remember 98. It was a tough year at school because every week he'd come in on Monday morning, and uh, I think I was in grade three, and there'd be some dickhead in your class who barracked for whichever team had smashed you on the weekend. Did you just cop it? <laughs> <laughs> it was bloody tough. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Being a Sydney fan in a mostly Richmond and Collingwood school, I can relate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although the Swans were pretty good for a couple of years there. No. Um, 
so he got himself back for round two of 1999. And again, like, that was a rem- remarkable that he got back in time for round two. He yeah. played 21 games that year as well. So he didn't go in and out of the side very much. Kicked 20, 23 goals, goals for the season. And he was part of their return to finals where the Lions actually won the quali- qualifying final, but then an ankle injury kept him out of the rest of the final series. Yeah. The Lions made it to a prelim, but again, they fucking lost to North who would then go on to win the premiership. <laughs> that one really hurt. I hated that. And It's um, like a repeat of 96. I had to lose to that dog, Wayne Carey. And I'm trying to remember the Brisbane player who just got knocked out in that game. And now I cannot remember. One of the North players missed the grand final, I think, because of striking or whatever. I just can't think who it is now. They should know, though, that I hate them. When I do remember them finally, <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> and in that year, it was... I say it was a repeat of 1996. The one extra on top of that, he actually got his second second All-Australian selection. Where did I miss the first one? I didn't mention the first <laughs> no, one. No, you did. You mentioned it. I think it was 96, wasn't it? It was 96, yeah. so it was like a replica of 96, except no Brownlow for him. Yeah. Let's move to 2000 now, because this is where things get really interesting. He didn't miss a game in the year 2000. The Lions <laughs> made finals again, yep. but were knocked out by... Carlton. In the semi-final. So the Lions keep getting close to that success, and then they just get, can't yeah. get over that hub. They didn't get close that day. <laughs> that was a that bad is one. True. Daniel Bradshaw didn't play. That's my memory from that game. His um his wife was having a baby and he missed the game. And I what? think at at the time a lot of people were like, "Oh, we would have won if we had Bradshaw," but I think we lost by like fifty points. So no. But also, like, no one was going to beat Essendon that year either. No, no, no. Um, was it the Lions that had a rule about not getting their wives pregnant for a September birth? Yep, that was a Lee Matthews principle. Yeah, I think that no, that came in after the Bradshaw incident. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was a key plank to the success that followed. <laughs> I vividly remember that as well. Yeah. Um, so Voss would win his third club BNF in this year. It was the first one for the Brisbane Lions. Yeah. Um, the previous two, obviously, for the Brisbane Bears. But now we get to 2001, and if this is a huge breakthrough year for the club. Voss played every single game. They powered into finals. They did not lose a game after round nine of this year. Yep. And then what happened? Oh, we bloody won. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Voss kicked um, it. And actually, this is right up there with some of my favorite goals too. Yep. I don't know if you remember this goal. Um, it was basically the sealer in the grand final. So we won them by 26 points. I think we're up by 20 points with maybe six minutes to go. Bo McDonald sharks it from the ruck, handballs it to Voss. He's tied in the pocket and he just drilled the absolute biggest dog mongrel kick ever. And it just went through. And then he did like this. I don't know, he just pumped the crowd up. It was a great goal. And then Brisbane kicked like another I don't know, two or three after that. But that was yeah. the sealer. And Bruce, I remember Bruce McAvaney was commentating it. And then, yeah, I, just, I, think, I, I think his words were... Um, McDonald gets it to Voss. Voss, Voss, he's done it, has he? Yes, the captain. He's finished them off. And we were like, yes, we've done it. <laughs> so this was the first real taste of success Brisbane had had in a really long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, 
Well, yeah, probably it, like ever, because the Bears didn't didn't get there, and Fitzroy hadn't won a premiership since the forties, I think. Yeah. Um, it was big. It was big for people in Melbourne. Um, a lot of the Fitzroy people. There are a lot of. Oh, I've met a lot of people who used to barrack for Fitzroy and who changed clubs, and a lot of them go for Port Adelaide actually, um, which really cuts my brother up <laughs> because he hates Port Adelaide not for the fact that they beat us in a grand final, but for the fact that Fitzroy lost their license and had to merge, and then Port Adelaide is the team that took over the license. Okay. So yeah, I've he always hates them wondered. I've always wondered why your brother hated Port. Yeah, that's the origin of it, and then he he hates Ken Hinckley um, because Ken Hinckley sat out. Ken Hinckley played for Fitzroy and didn't want to be there anymore. And um, <clears throat> rather than play, he just like sat out a season and then left the next season. So yeah, big trader. Not how a fan of Ken. Are, how old is your brother though? He's only about four years older than me. I say he'd be thirty-four. That's what I yeah. mean. How does he have such a strong recollection? Of oh, it? he's a—he was like a die-hard Fitzroy kid. He would go. He'd be <laughs> one of the four thousand people in the crowd every week when they were losing by a hundred points. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, he really. Uh, the two thousand and one grand final was a, a big deal for him. It was bigger for him than it was for me. We were just kind of like, yeah, our team won. But he was like, I can't remember. He was crying. I assume he would be. Yeah. Well, this this win was up there with. The Swans 2005 win. It was up there with the Western Bulldogs 2016 win. It'll yeah. be up there with when the Saints win it next, when Melbourne win it next. Like it's a it's a yeah. huge deal. It was one of those ones where, unless you barracked for Essendon, you were barracking for Brisbane that day. Like everyone was sort of getting behind it, and um, they were definitely the underdogs. Mm. Like that would have been, I think, the 16th win in a row. So they yep. had. Incredible form, but Essendon was still the powerhouse who had a lot of pressure that day too because basically they'd been the unstoppable best team for three years and only had one premiership to show for it. So, mm. um, you know, they it was it was a big deal for them too. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh god, that game! Like we were <laughs> down it, we were down by twenty points just yeah. before half time, and Alistair Lynch who kicked like three or four behinds already and was having a dog of a day. He kicked a great goal just on the halftime siren. We were 14 points down and then came out in the, um, I guess it's always been referred to as the premiership quarter, but that was the first year where I really like was like, oh, the premiership quarter. Now the third quarter is such a huge deal because Brisbane just came out and that was so good. I can't remember yeah. if we were, I think we were up at three-quarter time because I think we had like a massive, massive quarter. Um and Voss, you know, Voss was awesome that day. To, to yeah, this day, to this day, I think he should have won the Norm Smith. Sean Hart won it, and a very deserving winner and a gun legend player for the club. But Vossy was huge that day as well. Well, this is the thing. He probably should have won it three out of three years as well. I, I, no, I wouldn't have given it to him the third one, but definitely the set... 100% the second one, which we'll get to. <laughs> but then, yeah, I think he, he probably would have come second... In the 2001 vote, yeah, he should have. He should have. Yeah, I think he should have won it. I think his impact was bigger. But yeah, good, good for Sean Hart too, because God, he was a good player. He's a good club man. <laughs> yeah, you were up. At, you were up at three quarter time. So you kicked yeah. six goal, six goals two in the third quarter to Essendon's one goal two. Yeah. So th- that was the difference. Yeah. And then you kicked four goals six in the final mm-hmm. quarter to three yeah. goals two. Yeah. Yeah. And I think their three goals all came pretty late. Yeah. So in that year, Voss captained his first premiership. 
He was All-Australian for the third time in his career. He won his fourth club best and fairest. Yep. He also won at the AFLPA the most courageous and best captain awards. Yeah. Those so are wanna... big because they're voted for by your peers. I think those those mean a lot. Had the Lee Matthews trophy come in yet or is that later? That's next. That's next, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a fucking huge year. So he's now a Brownlow medalist, four-time BNF winner, three-time All-Australian, premiership captain. There aren't many more accolades than that. Except yeah. for a Norm Smith, but you know. Well, and also in that in two thousand and one, I think he came third in the Brown though. I think he was the f- one of the favourites heading into it, and I mean Ackermanis won um, yes. a worthy a worthy winner. But I think everyone on the night was like, "How did Voss or Andrew McLeod not win this award?" Both were great that year. I really feel for Andrew McLeod. I would think he would have deserved a Brown though. It was a, he yeah. had an awesome year, and Voss was great too. And then Acker just was a bit of a surprise packet. He was flashy. He got the votes because he was flashy. Yeah, well, I think it was his first year really in the midfield because he. Mm. People forget this, but Ackermanis was an All Australian back pocket in 1999. Yeah, that's um, so yeah. strange to think about. Yeah, like, that's the Lee Matthews effect. Lee Matthews came to the club and went, um, "It's not working with you, Acker, so we're going to put you there." Same thing with Lepage. Lepage was a forward, and then in '99, I think Lepage was the All Australian full back, and then he just stayed in the back line for the rest of his career. Yeah, now that you say Ackermanis is the back pocket, all I can think of is Heath Shaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, similar temperament, probably. <laughs> similar kick kicking efficiency. Yeah, both very good uh, players. Oh, yeah, just yeah. rat bags, pains oh, yeah. in the ass. Yeah, big time. Um, I don't know that Heath Shaw will go as far off the rails post-career as Acker will has, but <laughs> let's not talk about that. Mm. Um, so coming off the back of uh, his first premiership, the club's first premiership, we go into 2002 and we know it's hard to back up a premiership. Everyone knows that. In 2002, he played every single game. But Brisbane as a club weren't as dominant in their run-up to finals as they had been the previous year. Mm. So there were some questions around them. They were still seen as a very good team. But everyone was talking about Collingwood, really, in this yeah. game. Yeah. We get to the grand final and Voss from 55 happens. Oh, yeah. Which is, as you said, really the turning point of this game. It was the point where Brisbane got back in front. It was the yeah. point where Brisbane kind of got some hope as well. Yeah, I and I think it's just it's just worth noting that I think Brisbane in the back part of that season were a little bit sort of shaky and people thought oh maybe they're not going to do it but in the final series I, from memory I think they were really dominant I think yeah. they smashed Adelaide in the qualifying final and then smashed Port Adelaide in the prelim so they were coming into the grand final like heavy heavy favourites because Collingwood were kind of like. Brisbane were that team that had champions on every line, whereas Collingwood were a little bit more of the plucky team that had a few big guns, but a lot of like sort of honest goers. Yeah. Yeah. Brisbane won their prelim against Port. Your brother will be happy about that um, by <laughs> 56 points. So, yeah. you know, that's a huge win. And, you know, different people will say different things about how you win your way into a grand final and what that sets you up for as well. Yeah. Um, often people will be like, a big prelim win doesn't necessarily set you up well for a grand final, but that yeah. didn't matter, really. Um, I mean, this is the closest grand final Brisbane had that they won in that era as well, by winning by nine points. Yeah. Um, and 
the listeners, any listeners who have heard my episode with Dan White, we did talk about the build Collingwood had over this period and how they were that close to success and then fell off the face of the earth. And that's a really interesting one for you to go back to and listen to because we do actually talk about this grand final quite a bit in that episode. So if you want to hear the Collingwood perspective, go there. Um, Voss is a two-time premiership captain now. Yep. He is All-Australian for the fourth time, and this time he is the captain of the All-Australian team as well. Rightly he, so. Yeah. He also won the AFLPA's Most Valuable Player, which is the Lee Matthews Trophy, yep. um, and he won the Best Captain Award for the second year running. So it, it's not dropping off for him. And again, let's reiterate the fact that he's playing with pain. He's playing with the the results of the serious injuries he's had, um, not missing a game, and leading his team into huge games like this. Like, this is not easy. <laughs> Just... Just on the that 2002 grand final, another thing I've remembered is that Bo McDonald, who was our one of our ruckmen, I think he got injured really early on and didn't have a touch. So he, like that cost us. I think our rotations were really screwed that day because Martin Pike had a huge first quarter from memory and then he was injured. And also Ackermanis in the very first contest of the game tore his hamstring off his bone and somehow managed to play the rest of the game and kick the winning goal. Like, so, actually yeah. a huge effort from him. Aka doesn't strike me as the kind of person to power through, like, an adversity like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't want to knock him because he's a legend. Like, a legend yeah. of the club and a rat bag, as mentioned. But to <laughs> kick a snap over your shoulder when your hamstring's fucked. Huge respect. Yeah. Um, so, Bo McDonald didn't have a touch. He missed the whole game. But so did Aaron Shattuck. Yeah. He played the whole game and he didn't have a touch. Oh, didn't have a touch. My brother and I always found that funny. There's the celebrations after the game where the players are jumping over each other and Shaddock's just stoked. He's so stoked. He's a premiership player. <laughs> he didn't get near the ball all day. Leon Davis, ha- I think, didn't have a touch that day. Yeah, Leon Davis, but he had three tackles. Shaddock had no stats for the whole game. Which is bizarre. It was a lower... Like, today's game is a more high possession, but that doesn't excuse not having a touch. It's 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 crazy. Um, well, the 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 abuse and the negativity that Leon Davis got, do you think yeah. that would have happened if they'd won? Probably not. It would have been heaped on Shattuck, right? Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. And it probably wouldn't have been heaped. Like, I think Leon Davis copped it because he's Leon Davis and he had more yeah. of a profile. No one actually knows who Shattuck is. If you said to someone <laughs> if you said to someone who loves footy, hey, do you know Aaron Shattuck? They'd be like, they wouldn't know that he's a premiership player. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't do much. I think he got traded to Port Adelaide at some point in his career too. He didn't do much so for much, Brisbane. But good so on him for winning Port a play. Adelaide links. <laughs> um, Brisbane had another thing in that game. They Again, one of the players from the team won the Brownlow in the grand final week. So Simon Black won it. Again, Vossi was a little bit should be you know, a little bit ripped off, I think, because he was the better player that year. Black was very but good. The but... Fact, but the fact that they were winning it while still having like votes taken from them by their teammates is remarkable yeah. because now you're like, uh, you know, Buddy Franklin can't win the Brownlow because Josh Kennedy and Luke Parker are going to take votes from him. And like the fact that Parker and Franklin finished in the top five of, what year was it? 2016? Hmm. 2014? Brownlow? was remarkable to everyone because how do you have two players finish in the top five? The fact that they were winning Brownlows in this era when each of them had such a huge part to play is insane. 
Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, like, at that point, Foss could have been a triple Brownlow medalist. Like, <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. I'm not sure where he finished, but it would have certainly been in the top five again. Um, and that's not to mention the other medal that he, he should have got, but he didn't, which is the Norm Smith medal. So Nathan Buckley won it. And granted, Buckley had a great game. I think he had 30-plus touches and kicked a goal. Um, Voss had 26 touches and kicked the goal from 55 that we all know and love. Um, <laughs> but that was the year... Uh, I don't know if... You, do you know about this, Gemma, that they changed the, the way the voting happens based on that game? Yeah, no. They, so they, they changed the rule that year because what they used to do is they would come to whoever was voting um, at an earlier stage in the fourth quarter. They wouldn't wait till the end of the game. You so, can't do that. Yeah, so maybe 10 minutes into the last quarter, they came around to the judges and all the judges had sort of put their votes in by about halfway through the last quarter. And then I think four out of the five judges have since said that they would have changed their votes if it had been at the end of the game because what happened is Vossi had just the most enormous 10 minute, the last 10 minutes of the game, he was taking marks to save the day. He was doing all sorts of things. It was such a, like, yeah, I think everyone agreed that he was the best player on the ground. And a lot of it was based on that last 10 minutes, which wasn't part of the Norm Smith voting, which, yeah, was found out to be bullshit and they changed it and kind of sucks for him. But, I mean, he probably won't lose any sleep over it. I will. It's just the one thing missing from his trophy cabinet, though. Yeah, right. (sighs) And he definitely deserved it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at the stats from that day. You're right. Voss had 26, kicked one goal, two. Buckley had 32, kicked one goal, one. Yeah. You know. It's it was immense by both of them and both yeah. captains and and this is the thing as well like you think about that era of football and you think about all these captains that were just so so good and whatever your feelings about what they've done since Buckley Heard Voss those three were like the pinnacle of captains in that era and they were all so skilled so yeah. tough and it's just amazing to think about that we had all of those players. And I guess um, Mark Rusciuto could be thrown into that as well. Well, I think Goodsy too. I think there's a little bit of overlap. We sort of, at, at the tail end of their careers, Goodsy was sort of earlier in his, but had sort of reached a similar level, I think. You had that, I mean, what was the year when Goodsy, Rusciuto and Buckley won the Brown though? 2003, the following year. Yeah, see, I mean, so Goods was already, you know, within the top five, ten players in the comp by then. So, yeah, that... That group, I would take Rashudo out of that group, but all the other players you mentioned have been like right up there with the very best of, of that period. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goods debuted in 1999, so he was a lot younger than a lot of the others too. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as we know, could have and should have played for longer. Now we head into 2003, which, again, they went the long way to the grand final in this year. So, again, they weren't really seen as the team to beat in this one. They were kind of old news in a way. Um, And he nevertheless became a premiership captain for the third time of his career. He's now 11 years into his footy career as well. Let's not forget that. He is all Australian captain for the second year running. He won his fifth club best and fairest. And he won the most valuable player to the Lee Matthews trophy and best captain at the AFLPA yet again. And again, I, I think the club BNF stuff and, and those sorts of things need to be uh, thought about in the context of who else is in this team. Who is he beating to win these club BNFs? It's Simon Black. It's Akamanis. It's who else? Tell me. 
I mean, um, high up in the, in the count would be a player like Lepage, Mal Michael, um, Sean Hart, Marcus Ashcroft. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Bradshaw Brown. I think you mentioned Lynch already. Lukey Powers in there. But yeah, like at the, at the very top end, he's beating Black, Lappin, Ackermanis, Lepage, yeah. Lynch, Brown. It's like a, it's just a huge list. Chrissy Johnson, the, the Scott it's, brothers. It's an unbelievable it, team. Like just yeah, thinking I, about it. Yeah, I should point out there is at least one of those years where he won where he shared the win with Simon Black. It might have even been two years in a row where they um, split the vote, I think. Mm. Yeah. But Brisbane still, do like, love to split the yeah. vote. Oh, bloody hell. There was a year where four... I think we won four games for the year and four or five players won the best and purest. It was an absolute joke. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was so funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's all I can think about. Zorko, <laughs> Zorko was one of them, I know yeah, that. Yeah, it would have been Zorko, Mitch Robinson, Steph Martin and possibly Dame Beams, I think. That would make sense. Yeah. Although, doesn't What a year. It. A historic um, year for our club. Um. <laughs> It was the start of the turnaround. Look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think he shared the Lee Matthews trophy with Luke Darcy one year as well, which is unfortunate for him. Um, yeah, so two, 2003, I think, I could be wrong, but I think our win-loss for the season was 14-8, which yeah. is not what you would expect probably from a premiership team. We did finish in the top four. In fact, I think we finished third. Yeah, but um, still lost the first week and had to go the long way round. Yeah, lost to Collingwoods. Uh, all teams. At the MCG. I remember Alan Didak kicking a late goal. and God, I hated him. He was one of my <laughs> most hated players probably. <laughs> Basically, if you're wearing a Collingwood jumper, I just never liked them. Yeah, Didn't so matter you, who it was. You lost by 15 points in the yeah. um, qualifying final. Had to go on to play Adelaide in the semi-final, but won that by 42 points. And yeah. then the prelim. Yeah, that, that one hurts you. That was okay. at um was that at the Olympic Stadium? Yeah, Stadium. Whatever it was Australia. called. Yeah. I remember that because at three quarter time we looked dead. Like you guys were all over us, and I think we kicked you, seven goals in the last quarter. You were up by three points at three quarter time. Yeah. I remember this vividly. It was the day after my thirteenth birthday. Yeah, I remember the commentary and, at three quarter time. It was like it was the changing of the guard. The swans are coming, Brisbane are tired and old and injured. You, Did we kick seven in the last quarter? Was it six or you kicked, oh God, six. Six yeah. goals, six in the last quarter to one behind. Yeah, just came out and smoked them. One by 44 points. Um, remember, this was as Sydney was losing its shit and Paul Ruse actually coached the back half of the season this year. Was that that year? Yeah, 2003. What, the year that Rodney Ede left is the he year that mid-season. you made the prelim? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that because you got on that huge run? Yeah. The what swans? a year. That was the when swans? you guys had basically hired Terry Wallace and he quit the Bulldogs. And then the players were like, nah, get fucked. We want Rusey. Yeah. And Bruce had to do the full presentation the following year to get the yeah. job. And yeah. he was so resentful of the fact that he had to do that presentation. <laughs> well, it was the right decision. Well, Swans finished top four. They yeah. won, won the same number of games you guys did. I didn't. I didn't remember it being the same year that Rodney Ede left. That's amazing. 2003, grand final. Now won three in a row. We hadn't seen this um, since the Since 40s. Melbourne, I think. Yeah, in the Melbourne 40s? in the 50s, I 50s. believe. Yeah. Yeah. 
So th- this was a f- big fucking deal. And the fact that it was a non-Victorian team as well, because we know how the AFL hates non-Victorian teams. Um, and just the dominance over that time and how each grand final was viewed so differently. But now, yeah. now we see them as one big group. But during those seasons, those grand finals are viewed very, very differently about the teams going into them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, coming into the into the third one, Brisbane weren't expected to win. Collingwood had beaten us a couple of weeks earlier. They were the favourites. Brisbane had so many injuries heading into that game. That was the game where I think they broke the record for painkilling injections. Like, <laughs> like nearly everyone was on them. Um, Nigel Lappin famously had two broken ribs and a punctured lung, and yeah. he still was one of the best on ground. Um, I don't think he remembers the celebrations after the game because I think he went to hospital the poor bloke but <laughs> god legend of the club but that's the- somehow underrated when he was one of the best players of like a probably five or six year period absolute mm. gun of a player Fossey was, was good too he was my nan's favorite player during this time was it because he was a good boy yeah yeah and I think he was from the uh, country town near her yeah is he is he from Chiltern yeah that's it yeah yeah He's from yeah, Chiltern. That's, yeah. that's in, in the same way that commentators talk about how Scott Pendlebury played basketball. It was Nigel Lappin's always the boy from Chiltern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my nan knew his family or something, so she just loved him Aye, and cool. um, was obsessed with him. And my nan is was the kind of... She's dead. She was the kind of person who uh, went for Ron Barassi. So wherever Ron Barassi was, that's the team she went for, which ended up after he left being Melbourne. Um, yeah, that's great. You don't see that a lot in football support. That's well, more of like an M- that's an NBA thing where like I love that player, so whatever team he goes to. But I think you'd be you'd be shunned for doing that nowadays for footy. I think so. Yeah, it you would feel you like you would shun a, people. Well, yeah, probably. But I mean, <laughs> if it's if it's a nan who's just going where the good energy is, oh, yeah. okay, I'm okay my with nan. it. Oh, she loved Ron Barassi so much. That's one of my vivid memories of my nan. Um, my pop who was Latvian like not even an Aussie who grew up with footy he was obsessed with the Melbourne Football Club he was a volunteer he did all the things yeah he saw the 68 premiership so he was a happy man and he died before they got really shit so that's also a bonus so is your family big like South Melbourne or are they Melbourne my family's big Melbourne supporters yeah okay what happened with you (laughs) (laughs) um where did you go wrong (laughs) hey it's worked out better for me (laughs) yeah it has (laughs) that's the thing you said leading into this game it was expected that collingwood were just going to win they were set up to win yeah but the irony of it is that this was the game you won by 50 points whereas the previous year you only won by nine and you are probably more expected to win by more yeah, just murdered him. Murdered him in the way that Scott Burns tried to murder Jonathan Brown at the first bounce. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It's the kind of action where, and the game has changed, but if he did it today, he'd get six weeks for it. He just like wasn't even going for the ball. The ball's nowhere near them. Jumps in the air, elbows him in the face, and Brown managed to somehow play out the game and kick a couple goals, but says he can't remember any of it because he was just concussed the whole game. Yeah, we shouldn't laugh about that, but it is no, a little bit funny. No, no. Yeah, um, Scott Burns. When which grand final was it where Burns oh. tried to attack Voss? Was oh. that was that ninety two as well? Uh, two thousand two as well. Two thousand two. Can't believe I forgot about that. That's one of the great moments of all time. 
just an absolute chaos ball coming forward. Michael Voss gets destroyed. And again, it's it's an action by Burns that would get probably four weeks suspension in this day and age. Just lines him up and puts his the point of his bloody elbow into Voss's face. Voss flies down but springs back up straight away and then just picks up this handball, just like glides glides along the ground, scoops it up, handballs it to Simon Black, and we kick a much-needed goal, and it just set the tone. And then he runs up to Scott Burns and just was like barking at him. Just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he said, but it's the best. Um, and someone yeah. actually came up and had to pull him away from him. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a few, someone tried to, I think Sean Hart tries to pull him away, but then a few other people are like, no, nah, fuck you, Scott Burns. And Buckley comes in and bumps him. But by then, it, that's it. Psychologically, Brisbane win the game right there, probably. <laughs> that's what I think. There I always remember the actually remember the Triple M commentary, and I don't really rate Triple M. They've had some big moments, but mostly they're fuckwits. But <laughs> it was, I think, BT, and he's like, "Ah, oh, Burns lines him up and goes bang," and then like the the play it plays out. Simon Black kicks the goal, and BT's just like, and Voss goes up to Burns and tells him, "Get stuffed! I'm the best player in the league." <laughs> it's just great. Triple M was always like on the edge of, and I mean, sometimes they did swear on air, but it always felt like that. They were just like. Right there on the verge of swearing, and um, that's the perfect commentary for the perfect moment, really. Let's move to 2004. We're getting towards the end of Voss's career. Um, he's kind of hit the heights in the past three years, and he's just his body is going to start to let him down. In 2004, they did plan, and we mentioned this earlier, they did plan to play him forward a lot more to elongate his career. And in round two against Adelaide, he kicked seven goals. Yeah, I remember that game. What the heck? Um, but then injuries at the club meant that he had to go back into the midfield for a large portion of the season. Yeah. Um, and he was voted the AFLPA best captain again for the fourth year running, I think, and did make a grand final. How? And sorry to make you revisit this, but how did you feel about this grand final? Uh, I've never watched it. As in you didn't watch it at the time and haven't watched it since or you just yeah. haven't watched Correct. it since? Correct. Correct. Uh, you a never saw of, it. A weird set of circumstances. I've seen bits of it. Um, I was on a school trip. I was in year oh. nine. We were in Central Australia, and we we're at a bird's sanctuary or something. And I had my little <laughs> MP3 player with the radio, and I was sitting at the back listening. And we were down. I think Byron Pickett kicked a goal on the run and put them up by forty points in the last quarter. And I remember just like walking away. <laughs> My head down, I was devastated, and I remember taking little earbuds out and just dropping my MP3 into the into the desert ground. And then one of my mates picked it up and put his arm around me and said, "It's going to be okay, mate." Um, but yeah, and then on our way home because it was a bus trip, we drove through Adelaide, and I decided to wear my Brisbane stuff um, at Rundle Mall because I thought, "Fuck these Port Adelaide people! If anyone wants to fight me, they can fight me." I was fourteen or fifteen. I'll take it. <laughs> And while we were there, we had like free time to go shopping. So we went to the AFL store um, and they had a big screen in there and they were replaying the game. And that's where I saw Alistair Lynch try and murder Wakeland. Um, mm-hmm. Throw about six million punches that didn't hit anything. Um, and then a few years later, my brother sat me down because my brother's favorite player of all time is Tim Nodding, weirdly yep. enough. Yep. Um, and Tim Nodding was apparently, according to my brother, in line to win the Norm Smith that day if Brisbane had gone on to win. Because I think he kicked three <laughs> goals. He kicked two of them in the first half. So I have watched the first half. My brother put it on for me. And he's talking about how good Tim Nodding is, how we're still in the game. But then at halftime, I said, right, that's it. So I've never actually watched the second half. He and kicked, I never will. 
he kicked three goals, three for the game, had 19 yeah. touches. It yeah. was one of the best for the, the side. Yeah, um, it would have been his best game, probably. Love Timmy Nodding. Big fan. <laughs> Alistair Lynch didn't have a touch. He um, he ha- gave away one free for the whole game, and that was his contribution. Um, yeah. He did his quad in the warm-up, Alistair Lynch. And he came up to Wakeland, and he said, today's my last game. If you come near me, I'll smash your face in or something like that. It's really out of character for Lynch. It was such a disappointing day for him. And yeah. It took him a few years, I think, to sort of move past that. I think he's past it now. He's on Fox. and um, He's great. I think he's, a, I think he's a well-liked commentator now. But He's good. Yeah. He just His gasping between sentences makes me really worried that he's going to die on air. <laughs> God, I hope not. Love Lynchy. Do you I've notice him, that? I've met him a few times. I bloody love him. I saw him at the grand final last year. We walked past yes. him. Yes. I just went, Lynchy, and he went, g'day, mate, and I just felt alive. <laughs> I love we him. Will, we have to do an episode about him. But, oh, um, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, so, unfortunately, or fortunately for Port Adelaide, Voss didn't get the fourth consecutive premiership. Um, and, he, yeah, he's getting older now. 2005, he played 21 games, which included his 200th game in round three against the Swans. Um, he actually wasn't... Did was you say 200th? It would be... 250, two, sorry. 250, yeah. Um, he actually wasn't... Um, almost wasn't going to play in that those few weeks because he hurt his calf. He sliced his calf open doing some home construction. Yeah, I remember. It was a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, people were like, he's not going to play for weeks. And then he got up for the next game. Um, yep. Did lose in round three against the Swans, by the way, by six points. But also, Swans went on to win the premiership that year. So it was is that, what it is. Was that the game where Brisbane were up by like six goals? 39 points, yep. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> that, that hurt. <laughs> the Lions would go on to finish 11th. Um, and miss finals for the first time in a number of years. And I've just yeah. written in my notes here, era over. <laughs> yeah, it was probably then the era of Ackermanis being a fuckwit. That probably started in 2005. Anyway, mm. we're still talking about Michael Voss. We've got one more year to cover. In 2006, he played 21 games. He was only able to kick the three goals. So he wasn't having the impact across either line that he really needed to be having or that they needed from him. And once the season was over, pretty immediately he announced his retirement from the game after 15 years in the game, which is incredible. And he was still captain at the time as well. Yeah, I remember his last game. Um, I think he was best on ground in that game. Like he, Mm. He went out with a bang. He had like over 30 touches and was really good. But I remember watching him walk off and he hadn't announced anything yet. Uh, that was never really his way. He was never going to get chaired off or do a big like farewell tour or anything. But I remember he, he, the camera just lingered on him walking down the race and he was like the last one off the ground and you just sort of looked at him and went, oh, fuck, I think it's over. <laughs> and it it was really sad because yeah. from there, Brisbane really plummeted. They had, in 2009, they were okay. They made the finals. But then since then, it was it was just a debacle really. I mean, there was contributed to in some fashion by being the coach for about five or six years, but yeah. (laughs) Ah, well, that's Voss's whole career that we've gone over. We've gone over some tangents as well, but that was always (laughs) bound to happen. Um, This has been a very enjoyable chat, Sean. Thank you. I've had a good time. It's always a good time talking about Vossy. It is, yeah. And I associate you with Voss whenever I see one or the other, I think of the other. This is good. Do that that's, make sense? That's, that's such a compliment. What's because you huge. always talk about him? 
<laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> I think the first time we met, you said boss from 55, and now that's burned <laughs> into my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, does this mean our feud is over? That's no fun. I don't know. We can we can rekindle it. We'll rekindle. I'll send another yeah. mean email to the podcast and see what happens. <laughs> Call us nerds again. <laughs> hey, my email was good. I actually wrote that while I was speaking to Dusha, so <laughs> so he knew all about it. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. No problem. I'd love to do it again. We'll talk about Alistair Lynch. I really want to have that conversation because his his story is fascinating. Um, if people want to find you or the podcast, how can they do that? Uh, so we're on Twitter at, at HowGoodsFooty and then I'm on there as well at <laughs> Carney from 55 <laughs> which I was stoked to see was available and I just had to I had to take it. We Yeah, I did speak to Dusha about that yesterday. He's very yeah. impressed that you changed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone go and follow Sean on Carney from 55 on Twitter. Um, if you want to find me, I'm at GL Bastiani on Twitter or play on Radio Melb. Um, also go and check out Australian Jams, which is my Australian music podcast. That's at Australian Jams. Just search that and you'll find me. Anyway, um, Sean will be back in another episode to talk about Alistair Lynch. I'll be back hopefully in another episode to talk about lots of things. And in the meantime, uh, enjoy watching replays of games, I guess. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.